welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, and the other one's just along for a ride. And Mike showed up. I don't know. Hang out, hang out, and find out. Um, what up, Tyler? What is going on on this this beautiful day that we got? Beautiful, beautiful news, and that's my word of the night is beautiful. Beautiful um, news. We got the worst news, actually. <laughs> I was like, "Where are you going with this, brother?" Like, <laughs> like, what happened in your personal life that we can add to this? Like, beautiful news, man. I mean, let's just get into it. The rundown's always shot, even though we just spent twenty minutes talking about it. <laughs> B Rod likely out for the season. Lucas Gilbreth likely out for the season. Both need some more testing. Testing done, but I just want a big sigh of relief and a big like. When is B Rod going to catch a break? Like, what is it, five seasons straight now that he's just like injured something? Like, he can't ever just be healthy. It's, I mean, he's not quite at David Dahl territory yet because he hasn't ruptured his spleen, but he's kind of getting to David Dahl territory where things are just going to kind of unravel. I mean, fortunately, he hasn't had, yeah, anything, anything freaky like you think about david Dahl had a stress fracture in his rib which made it so he couldn't swing a bat for like nine months or something at least it's not there but it's one of those things the talent is just like it doesn't get to develop as much when these kinds of things are happening and it it's a little worrisome so that's he's he's my guy he was like the first yeah prospect i really i think you maybe we've talked about this yeah first first draft i really followed Brennan Rogers, number three overall. And that was like my dude I was going to stick with. So this, it hurts a lot. Yeah. Like he's exactly same thing. Like he's still better than Dansby Swanson who was picked before, (laughs) but it's so frustrating. Like, like you said, the developmental piece, we've been waiting for B ride for so long. He finally showed up. GG winner last year was coming around to April away, coming around with a bat. He's looking good feeling good he's the star that everybody's going to tune into he's going to take that next step in 2023 it's just i feel so bad for him and his people like fighting fighting every single season and literally the sixth game fifth game into the season here we are again like just got it feels bad it just it just sucks i hate it i saw something on the on the twitter sphere uh somebody posted it's kind of like what you were just saying like are the Rockies ever going to catch a break with these kind of stars that just don't have the time to develop because of injured injury list? And you, like you just said, David Dahl, Brendan Rogers, it's just like they're plighted shoot throwing Ryan Rollinson and Peter Lambert into this. Like if we're going to throw in some of these big dogs, like there's just a few names that have, we're supposed to help for that next competition window that just can't seem to catch a break and stay healthy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna hope just to make another comp to a, another young former Rocky, hoping this is his Trevor Story uh, moment. Trevor Story, I think it's the UCL. There's a UCL in your elbow, and I think there's one in your thumb too. He tore that diving, uh, you know, same kind of thing, making a play in the field. I'm hoping this is his Trevor Story moment. And after when Trevor Story came back from the the thumb injury, like that was when he had his best baseball. So we'll hope for that but that's definitely some hopeless optimism. Right. The the full year it just sucks. And then let's give Gil, Gilly his um, due process too, and then we'll talk about like how maybe the Rockies fix this. But Gilbreth had a season last year. Like 
he was finally figuring it out come august september time comes almost said october that was stupid but <laughs> he almost figured he was figuring it out as we were going and he became that reliable lefty that all rockies fans love and adore because <laughs> what is a lefty reliever but and now he's tommy john likely or something very similar to it and there just goes another solid piece of an arm bar and that was looking pretty solid going into the 2023 season i don't i just it just sucks for him because again <laughs> local town hero like he is that guy and then another setback yeah i mean fortunately i think there's a ton of depth in the bullpen and there's a lot of guys who who weren't really going to get their shot that deserved it and I mean, you never want this to be the reason that a guy gets his shot because, you know, yeah, Gilly, maybe the best lefty still in the pen. Uh, and now now you're down to, to, again, one lefty. And then you're you're trying to figure out who could be number two. Um, like, you've got Brent Suter. No. Like, blessed we got him. Uh, you know, great veteran, stable. But now it's like, do, do they push Rollison into the bullpen just for that lefty? Does this kind of tank Austin Gomber's chances of making the rotation because they need another lefty in the in the pen? I mean, it, it just kind of disrupts some things. And of course, for him, you know, Tommy John in spring training, like he's probably won't have it for a little bit. They're still getting that like second opinion. Yep. I mean, if he does have Tommy John, it's not going to be for another week or two. You're looking at him not being back until late next season. Like he's going to miss a year and a half because of this. So just really unfortunate if that's what this turns, if it truly turns into a, a TJ surgery, it's, I mean, it's terrible because yeah, he was, he was coming along as, as a well above average left-handed reliever and, and kind of in the same vein as B-Rod, like for the development's sake, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. Yeah. It's a, it, I mean, let's just get into that. I don't know what to add to it. The bullpen. So let's start with the bullpen, and then we'll go to the infield. You kind of mentioned a few names that come in to replace some of those. I mean, they're fine lefties, right? Like, you have Suter. Um, Gavin Hollowell's a lefty, right? He, no, nah, he's, he's, he's right-handed. Right who's, who's the other lefty? I'm thinking of somebody. I mean, it's it's Gomber. It's Rollison. I think that's, like, it. I don't know why I thought it was Hollowell. I thought there was another young guy, whatever. Maybe we'll get Mike on the lefty arms in the bullpen. Um, but like, yeah. So like, what do you do? So obviously Suter becomes like that next guy. He becomes that seventh, eighth inning lefty guy that you call on. But then who's the lefty middle relief, long relief? Like is Ty Block coming back? <laughs> like, oh, is he, don't say are, are we playing the block game again? Are we becoming blockheads? Um, again, personal family friend in a way um but like it's not the best option like is Rawls in it but I, th I think you lean that way but what about noah davis what about like these other arms that peter lambert that can possibly show up so like what's your what's your take here like who is filling up that spot i mean i i think i i'm gonna roll with god like i think this tanks gomber's chances a little bit he already did not have a great first spring outing. Uh, you know, there's there's options. And he seems like kind of the uh, – he's already on the cusp. So this just seems like another reason, unless he just shines these next couple starts, that you have him as the, the sixth starter, the guy you need to 
make an emergency start, he can do that. Otherwise, he's available out of the pen to give you two innings. Um, so I think it's I, I right now I think it's going to be Gomber, and you're going to see someone like Lambert get that fifth spot. And I'm not necessarily endorsing that as my own like opinion. That's my feeling as to how the Rockies are going to play things out. Um, it'll be Peter Lambert. Like he he's looked pretty good in spring training. Ryan Rollison's not quite ready. Like he hasn't pitched yet. So just I think it'll be Gomber to the pen to kind of fill that void for now. Okay. What, what do you got, Mike? Uh, like you guys said it. There's not a lot of lefties. We got uh Gomber's gonna have to fill that role. Rollison and Brett Suter, the only 40 man pitchers right now that would go to the bullpen. That's, that's yeah, I mean. So this is where I was going at. So thanks, Mike. Good to hear your voice finally after 15 years. <laughs> um, here's where I was going with it. They signed these guys, these minor league deals, right? Remember the name Logan Allen, Tyler? You like Logan see, Allen. Oh, see, yeah, actually, I did kind of forget about that. So. And the, there's, never, uh, there's never a bad minor league signing. Fernando Abad, he's here. Um, Nick Kennedy, he, he, he's there. Definitely on the cusp of being really good, being right there. Um, I mean, Hecalers Oliveras, like, does he come on at all this year? Oh. Um, and I think you're a Todd head, aren't you, a Regan Todd fella? I yeah, I I saw him a couple times in Albuquerque. Uh, you know, I I think he'll he'll probably get a chance at some point. I don't know. If, I mean, it probably have to be this year. I think he might be uh, a minor league free agent after this year. Although maybe he wants to stick around. That he's a, I think he's a Colorado guy. So, but I'm glad you brought up Logan Allen because, like, I, I think that is actually the guy. Like, he's minor league contract. You can select his contract, keep him as long as you you want or need, and then we don't we we don't need this guy anymore. Basically, is how it works. Like, I, obviously, you don't want to do that. You want to keep him around a little bit. But I'm uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought Logan Allen up because he's looked really solid so far in spring. Yeah, and they're pro the the Rockies are probably clapping their hands that they brought him in last summer and that we're able to keep him around. Yeah, but he yeah he's a solid piece. Right. Yeah, he's two games in, three innings pitch, only allowed two hits, three strikeouts, and one walk. Did hit a batter too, but <laughs> we won't talk about that. ERA is at zero, WHIP's at one after those three appearances. The cool thing is he's only twenty five years old, so. Logan Allen out here fighting for a spot. So another thing to watch, like, I mean, we're trying to find things to watch, reasons to watch these spring training games, listen to these spring training games. So just another wrinkle in it. Like this, does this mess up with the rotation? Does, does the rotation stay how we kind of expected it to, but do we bring in a different arm? I mean, Gomber in relief wasn't fantastic, but you don't really have that lefty guy to go to. So just in more questions to do. I, I mean, we all know Bud Black. He loves his vets. So, like, I'm sure Gomber is going to get that first nod, but Peter Lambert is probably going to be pushed down, down his throat in a good way by Billy Schmidt, Brian Rollison. So, I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch that as the spring training goes through through March here. Um, all right. So your take is Gomber is going to the pin and Lambert is going to be the starter. That's what you're going with. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll kind of see how things play out a little more. You know, Lambert's still like building back up a little bit, but 
just he's looked good enough. I think they speak highly of him. Like that's yeah. what I'm basing this off of. Is you they see a lot like of him positive reports about him. I've never liked him that much, but you know, it sounds like he's doing well. So I'll I'll, I'll go with that, and then Plan B is Logan Allen, which I think might be your Plan A. That's definitely what I'm leaning to. I'm I think just straight up substitution, Gil- Gilly out, Logan Allen in. Um, you need a lefty arm. Like I, you have enough lefty arms to plug something in there. So I'm imagining they're throwing in a lefty into that. Um, so yeah, I'm going all in on Logan Allen to show up and show out there. I mean, see what you just said, Peter Lambert so far, two innings pitched, um, zero earned runs, one strikeout, one walk, um, 0.5 whip. So out of the six outs he's doing so far. So, so good again. Small sample. However, it's there. It's a sample. It counts. We're all watching. Um, the big one. Now, I want to really dive into this. Also, our guest uh, of the night is about 15 minutes behind. So we are good to kind of do what we need to here and then add on that cool, at cool. the tail end. Just a heads up. But um, what do the Rockies do to replace Brendan Rodgers? Now, I want to, I kind of want to attack this in three different ways. Okay. I kind of posted on, on, I tweeted it out today, like how I kind of was thinking about it. What's the Rockies way? What's the logical way? What's the creative way? Again, I didn't put it in the rundown, but I will go first to give you some time to think about it. I want to go, I want to go the Rockies way, what they're going to do. <laughs> and nobody like, likes the Rockies. You, you're shaking your head at me already because you know exactly where this is going because I am on that train. If you have been following along the last few few uh, weeks, I think the Rockies' way is Hitchin Herald is no longer your opening day shortstop. He is your opening day second baseman. I think they're going to give it to the Jose Iglesias track over there. You lost your stud. Trevor Story, you brought in Jose Iglesias. You lost your stud, Brendan Rodgers. You're bringing in Hidden Herald. I think we're going to be tasting the Hidden Herald Kool-Aid, Tyler. You jumping on? You disagreeing? What is the Rockies' way in filling the B-Rod? I mean, it is it is kind of tough because at this point, I don't know what to think with them. Like, I think they've got to realize – what the most logical way is and that is to move ryan mcmahon over to second if you're trying to maximize the offensive output that you have without i mean toss and hit and herald in there like that is going to tank the defense a little bit so you're not losing much defense by moving mcmahon to second and then you get to kind of platoon uh montero and jones at third base that way you can actually get their bats in the lineup those are two really high potential type of players their bats need to play you know i i do endorse hit and harold i i think he's like a he's a lock for the roster like he after <laughs> after the injury to brendan i already thought he was a lock yeah but after the brendan rogers injury like he's probably gonna start like 60 70 games at second base it's gonna happen but it'd be really cool if the rockies also were like hey rymac we're gonna split you a little bit between third and second uh, we got to get some guys, you know, in at third that that we like those bats more because Harold is is gonna get some singles, 
and I don't see a whole lot else. So I would love to see, you know, Montero hit 20, 20 homers. Uh, him and Jones maybe combined for 30. I'd love that. And this is the only way we could get that. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> that is the logical <laughs> way. Yes. Um. It, it always is just being a Rockies fan. We've been jaded. We've been hurt so many times with logical choices, common sense. So like, I mean, that's the logical way, right, Tyler? You put Ryan McMahon at second. He go he goes and wins a gold glove there. And then you fill in the void <laughs> at third base. Like Montero, he can play third. He's a third baseman. He can play third. He's honestly, he's pretty good from, from what so I've much watched too. of him. Like he's pretty quick he has good he has solid hands i won't say like great hands he has solid hands and his arm is really good so like yeah. he can get it done over there outs above average liked him in his short little stint last year i think he got like two outs above average last year in a short sample so i mean he's a guy who could definitely get the job done and ryan mcmahon we know is is a yeah he's above average at second base as well so you don't lose much in the defensive category no and I think you could make the argument, you know, Brendan Rodgers is a great hitter, but last year, basically league average. You could make the case Montero and Jones are also capable of being league average hitters. So, like, you could not lose anything on the offensive side and barely lose anything on the defensive side by going in that direction. I mean, maybe maybe Bill Schmidt and, and Buddy Black are having these conversations and they realize that. I think what you're saying, though, I think we, we also realize that's absolutely one of the trends of thought that has come up multiple times. So yeah. it just that's- at this point, I, I, I actually don't know what to think because there's been a lot of things that have surprised me lately where you're like, that seems a little forward thinking. Yeah, uh, but it's still the Rockies. So <laughs> that would mean Harold Castro, second baseman of 2023. I mean, if Hen Harold is on the roster and he's not starting at short or center, we're kind of happy, right? <laughs> like if, if he's gonna be there, at least he's not in one of those two spots. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean that would actually be one of the biggest. Like, there's a lot of running Rockies jokes. Like they they last in in our little community of people. They last. Hen Harold in center field or shortstop would be one of the highlights oh of goodness. me as a Rockies fan. I would never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, put that on your memes to make list. Um, <laughs> like it and Harold and center. I mean, and I, I think the logical choice with McMahon at second, him just being streaky, a, a streaky hitter. Like he can go entire two weeks without getting a hit. Like <laughs> that could allow some, you know, some leeway bringing in Trejo and some other options in later too with Harold and, platoon these all these spots uh you're just not pigeonholding ryan mack at third now like b-rod's gone so now ryan mack can move around and that kind of stuff so maybe it might actually help him find that consistency because i mean he had 20 home runs last year but only 67 rbis his ops is 741 like if you're hitting 20 home runs i just i would want your ops to be a little bit higher than that but we are talking the rockies i don't know so the creative way this is the the fun thing. They have been on the Rockies. Billy Schmidt regiment reign has been let the kids play. And it feels like the kids are going to play. Like Veen is making his name that he will be up before the end of June. Don't 
listened to our conversation last week. I mean, do go listen to our conversation from last week with Patrick and K-Dub where I said Bean won't be up, but it's looking more like he is that dude. Like whatever this spring training is and whatever Arizona Fall League did, it's there. And so I think kids are going to play. So is going to play. Montero's going to play. Nolan Jones is here for a reason. Why not let the kids play? Call up Coco. Coco Montez is the most natural second baseman the Rockies have right now. Dude hit very well. And granted, Albuquerque last year. He hits bombs, has great glove work. He can turn a double play like B-Rod can. His footwork is fantastic. I think he's a serviceable, manageable second base option. Call up Coco. Yes, he's a friend of the pod. Yes, we're biased. Yes, all that. (laughs) However, if you're going to let the kids play, he is that next second baseman on the list. Forget Cole Tucker. Forget who else they brought in. They brought one more name. Maybe it's (laughs) Harold I'm thinking of. Let Coco play. Yeah, I mean, I think he's – when we talked to Patrick last year, uh, he dropped a quote where he he mentioned Coco to Buddy Black, and Buddy was just kind of like – like basically shaking his head like, no. Like, you know, he's a guy was was basically the reaction. I think he's become more than that now. I think that they respect him. He's on the radar, yes. Um, So, you know, it's definitely not something crazy. I I do think the creative route would be to, you know – Cole Tucker keeps hitting like a little bit in spring training. Uh, you juice out another story. Uh, your this year's Witten Bernard is that Vanessa Hudgens is at like a bunch of home games this year for for Colorado. I I think that that's the story that they want to juice out. So <laughs> no, I, but in all seriousness, I think Cole Tucker he he's a big leaguer. He's not a good he's one. He's a big at he least is. from what we've seen. But he's. He's fast. He can play center field, second, maybe some short. I think that'd be kind of the creative way to go about it um, because you don't know what you're going to get with the bat. You might not get anything with the bat. Like the reason Harold Castro is not creative is because you know he's going to hit at least 250. Like no doubt it'd be insane if he did not hit 250 because he puts the ball in play like at a ridiculous rate. Um, so I think this is the Vanessa Hudgens year. Um, and, and that she is at a lot. I'm, I'll be going to course field a lot too. Uh, just hearing that. So. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good take. I, I think what you said there that really stands out is he's a big leaguer knowing buddy. He's going to fight for the vets, Buddy doesn't care about the future, but he cares about today's game. Um, so with that in mind, cold Tucker probably makes the most sense creatively wise and he gives the most options coco can play third he can he could be manageable on the outfield if he wanted but i think what you said there might be might be true and then we're all going to be getting confused between justin lawrence and cole tucker (laughs) who's who with the same hairdo uh so that'll be that'll be an interesting one to follow yeah i mean cole's 11 11 at bats hitting opsing 1098 with a bomb, one RBI. So, like, he is hitting. He is making his himself known. So, there's that. And Vanessa was at the ballpark today. So, <laughs> power couple. Um, I, just... I also want to throw this out there with regards to him. Like, I know we've joked about Harold Castro opening day shortstop. Like, I think if the Rockies are like, you know, let's give Tovall. Like, we, we talked about it last week with Patrick. Like, 
he he threw like a 70% on Tovar being the opening day shortstop. He was like, he's definitely going to be the opening day shortstop, but, except like he might not be. Right. Uh, and I think in that, if Tovar's not starting at shortstop, I honestly think it's Cole Tucker and not Alan Trejo. Like, I, that's a hot take. I think if it's not Tovar, it's Tucker. It's Trejo. Tucker Trejo. No, <laughs> I, I, I just think he, they, the Rockies probably signed uh... Tucker looking for that boost in the, up the middle defense, like he's a capable center fielder, came up as like a 60-grade shortstop defender. That was kind of the, the hype around him. So, you know, we'll see. I I think they've got to be looking at him as, as an option to play some short. And then again, they, they get to juice out a celeb story. So, yeah. But, yeah, a lot going on, though, in the middle infield, just up the middle in general. And yeah. unfortunately, that, that had to be – you know, exaggerated even more today. It was already going to be interesting to see who, like, the backup middle infielder was. But now, like, you have to figure out who the starting second baseman and the backup middle infielder is, so. Does this Oof. does this solidify who the fourth outfielder is? So, like, does this hurt Tolia? <laughs> like, is Nolan Jones the fourth outfielder? Because he can also play third. So you go KB, Daza, Chuck. Chick's out for a little bit. Is Nolan Jones that fourth one instead of Tolia? That was the other wrinkle. Like, where does Tolia go into this? Yeah, I mean, and and we heard today even some mention of Chris Bryant at third. There's no way. Chris. So over under would, Chris like, Bryant gains at third base. I'm putting I, it at I seven think, and a half. I, and that's I'm, that's kind of fair. <laughs> <laughs> but if if it was him playing third base, then like that kind of takes that Nolan Jones additional value out of the fold, which I think would be like terrible. Like Nolan Jones has the highest upside of any of the, of the non Chris Bryant outfielders. That's, you know, my take on it. 70 grade raw power. It basically is an 80 grade arm. Like it was one of the strongest arms in baseball last season. Uh, You know, good plate discipline. Like the upside is way like, Love me some some Sean Bouchard. Love me some Mike Tolia. It's it's Nolan Jones with, to me, easily the highest upside. So if they're not getting him a shot, whether at third or in the in the outfield, it's just such a wasted opportunity. Yeah, and I keep forgetting about Sean Bouchard. Like I feel like he should have earned that spot already. I've mentioned that a few times, but yeah, he's he might be left off now. I, it's crazy. Yeah. So, Chris Bryant did play in 2021. We got 21 games, 21 games at third base for the Giants. So, that wasn't too long ago. Last healthy season, he played 26 in 2021. Shoot, he played 40, 40, 50 games at third base in 2021. All right, so, shit, is he maybe the opening day third baseman? Then what do we do with Montero? Sean Bouchard earned the left field spot. That, I mean, this sucks, but this is also super fun. Like, I no, love I was, this yeah. as a baseball fan. Like, this hypothetical, this game that we get to play, like, where we make absolutely no decisions whatsoever. We don't pull any weight, Mom. I'm sorry. But, like, this is fun. This is what I love about spring training. Well, no, yeah, I think it does mean the Rockies probably will not start the same lineup more than, like, a handful of times. Like, there's going to be a couple pairings, I bet, that they run with like 20, 30 times. So that's like, you know, 40 to 60 of your games will have consistent lineups. 
Otherwise, I think you're going to see like a ridiculous amount of rotation because we've heard that at home they plan to rest some of the starters. I think you got to think about Chris Bryant and CJ Crone, Charlie Blackman as well. They're going to get games off at home. Mm. So on these home stands, you're going to see a lot of the younger guys in the lineup all the time. Like it's going to be just lineup, like it's going to be crazy, chaotic. Uh, that's going to be fun. You know, it kind of is a little, you know, you might be like put your best players in, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, it, it is going to be fun. And that might be uh, an assignment for Mike to watch during the, during the season. Like <laughs> how many opening day, different opening day rosters do we have and try to get it out before Patrick Lyons does. Cause I know <laughs> that man is looking it up. Um, yeah. It's going to be. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll have a tracker. We have to on, on, BSB every before every game, like you know, different lineup, unique lineup tracker. One, two, three. You know, we'll. we'll I'm betting on like thirty. <laughs> I think there's going to be like oh, thirty yeah. different combinations. One hundred sixty games. I'm going for yeah. I'm going 40, 50. Like I can see. I think retire. I think yeah. At this point, people are talking about the Rockies over under win total. It's all about that d- unique lineup combination. That, yeah, there that's we go. the real over under that we care about. <laughs> <laughs> we there might be something we have to look at. No idea how to track that. So hopefully Mike knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> all right. So we got about t- 10 minutes before our guest of honor, huge friend, family of the pod at this point shows up. What are we watching for in spring training? So listening for, I mean, one game's been on TV. I've been able to watch one. That was fun. Um, but like based off of last season, like as a whole, what are you kind of hoping the Rockies are working on showing out as we get ready for the 2023 season? So there's a few things that I've just kind of been checking the box score every single time. Other than friends of the pod, we had six on the roster today. We see you, Aaron Shunk, getting showed up like three days ago. And then he's on the bench today. Stovey was there. Coco Montez started today. So like there's, that's fun. That's fun for me. But like watching it as a team, the Rockies for me, like I'm watching what the Rockies do for power. How are we going to raise, raise, raise the roof, so to speak? So I was looking at some of the stats last from last year, and I was kind of surprised by this. The Rockies ranked 12th across all of MLB in slugging percentage. Based on the home runs and stuff, like talking to any Rockies fan, they don't slug because they were tied for oh, where to go 22nd 22nd in home runs with the white Sox, 149 home runs they're a doubles machine coors is a doubles park not a home run park and that showed out right there so how are the rockies finding this power are we getting that back are, are we hitting for power this this spring training so so far through five games so i didn't count today's um we have a 559 slugging through five games. That's third in the league. Again, small sample size, take for what it's worth. This is just what I'm watching. So back off, Penguin. You'll be fine. <laughs> we have eight home runs tied for third third through five games. And there's seven doubles tied 16th through five games. So kind of so far, we're switching those doubles and those home runs. And that's kind of promising for me. I like that. That's exciting for me that we're turning those doubles into home runs. And also KB's back, which two home runs already like power power back so that's just something i'm watching for as we go through and see how we can get better in 2023 like what are the rockies analytics actually doing i mean yeah i think they're absolutely gonna have 
a lot more production in that department. Like you said, Chris Bryant. Um, but also getting a power boost at shortstop. You have Montero, who has a big time pop. Nolan Jones brought him the fold. Brenton Doyle, who might be able to hit double digit homers yeah. at the center field position. Uh, maybe Elias Diaz actually plays ball this year. Like, there's a chance that a lot of positions are going to get a boost in the home run department. You know, maybe now second base takes a, a small step back. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do. But I think on the overall, you're going to see, you know, another what what they hit last year, 149. Maybe yeah. maybe we see over one a game. I think that's probably what we're going to – probably like 170, somewhere in that range. I think it's, I think it's going to be a noticeable boost. But I'm really hoping for some more walks. I don't know about you guys. Uh, yes. I love watching baseball for a walk. No, give me, give I mean, me all that. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, nobody loves watching a walk, but I, I like seeing them in the box score. I love seeing them in the box score. And again, Chris Bryant being in the fold is going to boost that a lot. Uh, Ryan McMahon, you never know. He's, he's on the verge of being, you know, a huge walks guy. He draws, a, uh, you know, a lot as it is and works counts a lot. Nolan Jones is a big walk guy. Mike Tolia has been a big walk guy in the minors. Uh, and I've seen in spring training, Montero working some counts. He already has two walks, I think. That sounds, I mean, that's stupid to say. Already Five games. Two walks. But, you know, I think he's a guy who we saw at the big league level pressing a little bit, a little hyper aggressive because, you know, he's not getting his pitches. But in the minors, we've seen him be, you know, closer to 10% uh, walk rate. So, I think we're just going to see more walks, more home runs. Finally, an okay Rockies offense. We haven't really seen that. And even when they had Nolan and, and Trevor, man, like they were not pulling good offensive years. No, they really weren't. So this could be a year we get close to that. Yeah, I'm down with the OBP. I like the OBP. Yeah. Like, give me all the walks. Yeah. To your point, Michael Tolia, five walks and 12 at bats, I guess, tw- six games. Which leads the team so far. So he, he strikes out a lot, but he also walks a lot. So you have that. And yeah. I mean, I think the Brennan Rogers injury, like, actually might help the power outlet for the Rockies because you have Ryan Rymack, 20 plus home runs moving into second, ideally. And then Montero and Jones could easily hit 20 to 40, like between the two of them. So the power. Might be up there. Tovar is going to get you 10, uh, eight. Tovar is going to get you eight. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Thousand might get one, but healthy KB gets you 25, 30. Crone's going to get you 25 at home. Um, <laughs> Chuck might get you 10, 15. So, like, there's options. Sean Bouchard, he's a powerhouse. He could get 10 this year. So, over under four and a half players with double digit home runs this year oh i mean i thought you were gonna say like 15 or 20 like four and a half over 15 or 20 i think to go over 10 is pretty i mean last year i was optimistic about the power too and it backfired a little bit i was thinking like connor joe even was gonna be like a 15 homer guy um but i i'm still going over on that because i think it I think a sleeper in that mix is Randall Gritcher coming back. So, and you got Chris Bryant and CJ Crone are near locks. I and Ryan McMahon, those three are locks. So, you've yeah. got three. You need to find two more. I think, you know, Randall Gritchick is a good bet. 
Montero at this point, probably a good bet. Charlie Blackman, also a very likely bet. So I, I would I would even set the over under at five and a half. They had five and a half might be better. They had five last year, but Gritchek had 19. So Elias had nine. It's on the cusp. Over so over under five and a half. You're going over. I would say I'm gonna yeah expect six, but I would not be sure. I mean I I could see seven, so I'll yeah. I'll go six though, but don't want to get too ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going the opposite route just for the fact that I want to get my expectations high. So I'm gonna go low. I'm going under five and a half double digit dongs at the major league level. Just yeah, just I just want to do that. Um. All right, so I think that kind of covers spring training, injury updates, what to do. I mean, we're not breaking any news. We're just all doing hypotheticals. We're having fun. Hopefully you're having fun listening to us. Um, yeah, so let's let's cut it to man of the hour, the man, the myth, the legend, Dugan Darnell. And then right after that, let's talk about robbery at Coors. What? A little cliffhanger for y'all to hang out after Dugan shows up. So... Stick around. Welcome back. We are joined by family of the pod, Dugan Darnell. What up, big dog? What's going on? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. This is three years in a row. It's always right around this time. And it always makes me giddy, like thinking about like reaching out to you, you getting back to us and then you doing you. And then just this being a yearly thing as of now. It's absolutely. I love it. I love it. Um, you're down in Arizona, spring training. I mean, let's just get right into it. Spring training debut. How, how like cool was that moment? How relieved, like all of the emotions. I just want you to share yeah. with us right now. Like how sweet was yeah. that? I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, lucky to have the opportunity, but uh, I, I worked very hard for that opportunity and I visualized that. So I was, I really wanted that one. So it felt good. Yeah. Did it feel does it feel a little different putting on that purple? Like even a little spring training, but like does it feel kind of good? It does. It does. It kind of uh you know, it kind of completes the the view. It's kinda like your dreams and reality coming together and it's kinda it's you know, something you think about when you first sign and then, you know, having it be reality is it's it's nice. Yeah. I, we were pretty stoked for you too. Like <laughs> it's, 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 it was just really cool to see, like it's all coming yeah. around, uh, especially to where you were uh, a few years ago. Um, I mean, they, that's cool and stuff, but like really got to know food items at the ballpark. So food items, food items. And I'm sure you've ventured over to Comerica a few times oh, growing yeah. up. Their food items aren't terrible. Um, yeah. They have some fun ones, but I guess I want to start with this and then I'll give you, I'll give you some time to think what, what's your go-to meal at the ballpark. Um, but we, we put it out on the Twitter, like what, what are some food options? I just want to share them with you. Give us a one or a zero rating. Zero, no one. Yes. Go with that. Okay. Give me a nice hot plate of biscuits and gravy for those cold games. I know you know zero. cold games. Zero? Not, not zero. even at that Detroit cold April game? Nope. <laughs> Terrible? I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm a very simple, very simple baseball fan. I, I'm uh, hot dogs and peanuts only at a baseball game. 
Oh, okay. So we're going to have a lot of zeros on this. Yeah. yeah. But this is in that realm. So um, the elk sausage in Albuquerque. Elk sausage? Elk sausage. I think he's making it up, but it looks like a pretty good source. I'd it's have Hoffman. to look at it because Mr. Kaufman, I am a big Kaufman fan that. of the kielbasa at right? Comerica Park. So uh, with the kielbasa with the you know peppers, I think that's that's a good selection. So if it's kind of like that, then maybe. But if not, that's a zero. Yeah, I would imagine it'd be something very similar to kielbasa. Um, you can always just put the hot dog toppings on top of it, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, Pretty lucky with good food options here on Spokane. Pizza barbecue, Indian dogs. I'd love to see a good ma- bacon mac and cheese. Bacon mac and cheese, zero or one. Zero. Dang. It is at a ballpark to clarify. Like that's yeah, that's yeah. fair. Did you ever have an Indian dog when you were in Spokane? A what? The Indian dog? I'm assuming no, that was an item up there. I didn't have any. I don't think I ever had any food from the concourse. Um when I was there, I should have though. Sounds yeah. like it was good options. Yeah, I feel like that's just like an arm bar and staple. Yeah. I just, I just, uh, maybe I'm jaded. I just imagine like if you're hanging on the <laughs> bullpen, like, hey, get us a hot dog or something. And then with Shelby, <laughs> yeah. with Shelby Lackey would... around too, I just feel like that would yeah. be something too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something. Yeah. If, it, if there's not not dino nuggets, um, loaded, <laughs> loaded baked potato, zero. Yeah, same. Um, this one's a fun one. I think you could have a lot of fun with this. Loaded waffle fries. Too messy. Zero. It's too much work, right? Doesn't matter what they have. Just have enough. Running out of ice cream and hot dogs is unacceptable. Just a strong one agree, right? Yeah. Uh, a beer brat with mayonnaise and relish. One. Have you ever done any like brought hot dog with mayo before? Nope. I haven't either. Might have no. to dive into that, but yeah. Relish, relish. I have done relish. That sounds pretty good, but not not may- mayo. Yeah, the mayo's uh the trip there. It, yeah, it's kind of a wild card. Yeah, Lewis, you got anything for him? Got any food food knowledge drops you want to put out there? Um, jalapeno poppers zero one. Jalapeno poppers nice um I'll, I'll do a one i think those are good <laughs> like that i mean you're what are you topping your hot dog with then sorry what what are you putting on your hot dog um again i'm a pretty simple dude it's just ketchup and mustard okay <laughs> that's, that's i was wondering if you're going to be a ketchup or a mustard guy or both yeah and, yeah if i'm really getting fancy i'll put onions and uh relish on it but yeah Mostly just ketchup and mustard. Yeah. And it's just easier to carry too. Like the messiness is a huge thing in the ballpark for me. Yeah. So I, I feel you on that. Yeah. And then every bite, you got to figure out where you're going to drop, you know, right. If you're going to, yeah. Yeah. Don't want to put it on the lady in front of you's back. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Done. Been there before. <laughs> Didn't go well. <laughs> um, it was terrible. Um, all right. Let's talk baseball. 2022 season. What is the biggest thing you learned about? Just being at double A. Biggest thing I learned. Um, that's a tough question. But I would say um, just being okay with failure. 
you know, failure is a part of the game. So I kind of learned how to, you know, take it with a grain of salt, kind of learn from it and bounce back twice as hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Cause I mean, that was really your first like set of adversity in the professional league. Like yeah, Spokane easy Fresno easy. And I'm saying that not you, you've never told me that, yeah. but like Hartford was like one of those. All right. This, this moment's here. That's yeah. there. So yeah, they're going to hit and you got to hit back twice as hard. So right, it was a good lesson to learn. And uh, yeah, I took that with me and feel like truthfully feel like it made me better. Um, took it to Australia and it kind of showed. Um, and then I'm excited to take that those experiences into this season and see where it takes me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so what are some of those things? So I'm imagining you're adjusting some things as the season goes on. Yeah. What, what were some of those things at the in August, September that you were figuring out? And then what yeah. did you kind of perfect and do down in Australia? Like, yeah, um, I guess first and foremost, um, pitch mixing, uh, fastball location, uh, working down and up. I'm a vertical pitcher, so um, not just staying up, but working in and out and up and down. Um, <clears throat> and then also kind of just not presetting sequences in my head, kind of paying attention mm. to what the hitter's wing is telling me. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, if I'm throwing a fastball, you know, and they're way behind it, there's no reason to go off of that fastball pitch, you know, or if, you know, vice versa, if I'm throwing off speed and they're on it, you know, uh, so those types of little things that, you know, kind of just slow the game down and let me, you know, pitch to my strengths and, and kind of just uh, go right after them, you mm -hmm. know, and not leave any slack. Yeah. And that makes sense. Like, so you were pretty, so you're, you're pretty like set on kind of how you're going to do attack pitcher hitters going into the at bat. Yeah, kind of so, at the beginning of the like season, I right? Like, so, like, the classic, you know, I'm going to throw a high fastball and then a curveball off of that and then a fastball through that to finish or something like that. Right, okay. And I'd start my sequence and I'd execute the first pitch and then I'm throwing the second pitch and they, you know, they're behind the first pitch and the slower pitch they can get to. And then I'm sitting there like, well, that was – why did I do that, you know? Mm. So, kind of like learning – you know, from that, that experience and then, um, you know, being able to tunnel with all my pitches and, you know, just be consistent and that's mm -hmm. the name of the game. So just trying to be consistent, get a little bit better every day and keep going out there and giving it my best. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. On the scale of one to 10, 10 being the hardest, one being the least hardest tunneling, like how hard is it to master the craft of tunnel? pitch tunneling um on a scale one to ten i'm not sure but um if you're focused on just executing your off speed for the most part they all kind of start in the same tunnel so you really just got to focus on in or out okay that's the way i kind of think about it and my pitch is like like i said i'm a vertical pitcher so if i'm if i'm starting everything out of the same tunnel if i start a fastball high that's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty easy way to throw off speed through that because all mm -hmm. off speed goes down. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I see, I see where you're, you're going. Yeah. You're teaching me a little something here. So that makes sense. I like that. Um, 
All right. So talk about fun stuff. So you missed out on the Michigan winters. Um, nice job. Smart move. Like you said, it was a business decision, right? Um, Just how awesome is Australia? We talked to Adam McKillican uh, last week, a few weeks ago, and he absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, But like, how beautiful is Australia? What's Australia like? Like, how happy are you that you did what you did? Yeah. Well, it's like a really tough thing um, to try to do in general because it's three months and you're on the other side of the world. You don't have any you know, you don't have any help. You don't have any family, you know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. it's just you on the other side of the world. But I absolutely loved it. It was a great experience. Um, you know, it's, it was beautiful weather, beautiful scenery, um, you know, high level baseball. I was able to work on some stuff and, um, the workload was manageable, which was, which was really what I was looking for. I wanted to get some good training in, you know, and get my body right for 2023, but also work on some stuff pitching wise. So the team that I played for the cavalry, they were, they were really great. Um, you know, they let me kind of do what I needed to do, um, work with the Rockies from afar. Um, so it was, it was a great experience. I got a lot better. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. And the jerseys are pretty cool. I, yeah. I I dug the the horse logo that they have down there. Yeah, they were that was cool. Did, did you get to do any like fun like day adventures or anything? Like McKilligan said, he went shark diving like a crazy person. Yeah. Like, did you get to do anything ridiculous like that? Yeah, I did. We went to some some uh, safaris and uh, like these wildlife lodges, um, and I fed a cheetah. <laughs> Uh, with my hands like <laughs> next to it like no cage in between you two there was a cage, there oh, okay. was a cage. but yeah. still but... yeah fed a cheetah fed <laughs> a lion and a, an emu ate off my head <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool um and then yeah we got to see the sydney opera house um i got to go see where the hobbit was filmed in new zealand oh sweet um yeah so some wild wild you know, experiences that were, I got to see kangaroo kangaroos live right next to my house that I was staying in. So that's sweet. that was a, a daily experience. They were kind of like the deer of that country. Yeah. So it was cool. That is, that is cool. Are they as big as they're supposed to be? Like, I just imagine like a kangaroo being like six foot, yeah, seven they foot. Range, just... They range pretty big. So there's red kangaroos and gray kangaroos. Okay. Um, the red ones are more of like central Australia and they're huge and they're aggressive. Um, and then the gray ones are kind of like the more docile, like smaller ones that are, you know, on the coastlines that don't really want to, you know, get, they don't want to get in the way of humans. So right. They're just doing their own thing. Okay. That's, that's still cool. <laughs> that's, that's fun. Uh, what was the baseball like down there? So it's the Australian league. Understand it's, it's a professional league, um, but yeah. like still competition and stuff. Um, right. I guess, what would you compare it to? Like single A, high A, yeah. double A? Um, it was, it's hard to compare because there's such a wide range of talent. Um, you know, we had, a couple there was a couple active big leaguers there mm-hmm. um and then there was some triple a guys a good amount of double a guys and then some high low a guys um 
and then the Aus, the Australian natives, um, it's hard to put them in a category because they're not, you know, obviously in the same system, but right. that, you know, they, there was a lot of talent there. There's a lot of talent and, um, you know, they play the game just as hard and they love the game just as much. Um, I got to learn from a lot of them. So um, it's hard to say, you know, yeah. what level it, it compares to because it's kind of it's the same, but it's different. But there was a lot of good talent, good baseball being played. OK, yeah, I like I like that. I, think- I also um, I had two teammates that I shared the ball, the bullpen with that were um, from the NPB. They played for the Oklahoma Bay Stars okay. in Japan. Okay. Uh, and they brought their pitching coach out, and that was for the whole first half, and that was a lot of fun. I got to learn Japanese, so I learned a little Japanese. Um, I got to learn a lot of their culture and their experiences, uh, and then their pitching coach helped me a lot as well. Okay. I mean, give us something, man. Drop a little um, Japanese on us. Uh, Choshido Kyodai. And that That's, means what's up, brother? Choshido <laughs> Yodai. Choshido is what's up, and then Kyodai is brother. Toshido. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that. Toshido <laughs> Kyodai. I love that. That's awesome. Any I guess no. Yeah, I'm gonna ask it. So like did they anything that you're taking away from them? Like any like baseball traditions? I I I don't know much about yeah. it, but very traditional culture like is there yeah. anything that you're taking away from the japanese open yeah, people um, well so there's a couple things that they did that i thought was awesome like they bowed before they played catch you know before they got onto the field they would bow to the field mm. i think that was awesome um and then every you know bullpen they would start with curveballs which i thought was wild <laughs> Um, but something that I'm taking with me, uh, their pitching coach kind of helped me with, I'm throwing like a little cutter now, okay. a little slider cutter. And, um, he helped me with that grip. So I'll be taking that with me going forward. All right. Something that we're going to be watching for. That'll be sweet. It's a fun pitch to pitch. Like you're, you happy you have it. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right. Sweet. It's, it's nice. I used it, uh, the other day in um, in the big league outing we weren't able to watch which is so annoying <laughs> they don't they don't they, we've seen one out of the six games so far and it, it wasn't uh, I, can, I can send you guys a little bit of video oh i would love that that would be sweet that'd be cool um yeah give us give us you and purple at any time we're, we're okay yeah. not to be weird or anything but please, <laughs> please send it over <laughs> um uh love it all right we'll, we'll get you out of here we don't want to take up too much more of your time um just I, just a quick thank you, I guess, um, being able to reach out to you and like my nephew absolutely loved it. And so I guess I'll tell the story like Christmas present. I'm up here in Michigan. Dukes is on the other side. I'm on this side and my nephew is right around where you grew up, where you train. Yeah. And I reached out to you. I was like, Hey, where do you train? Is there any way like I can set this up with you? You were more than willing to let me name drop you, reach out to the owner um, he absolutely loved it. My nephew did. And he's, he's gone back a few times and the owner like showed him how you guys were pitching like in comparison. And it was just a really cool thing that I appreciate you for making this weird connection that we, we have here. 
and just being able to being able to share that i think is just cool yeah. and just talks about like who you are as a person so absolutely th thank you for that i thought that was pretty dope and like he he yeah. has not forgot about it so it's my pleasure and i'm glad i was able to help him out and i wish him the best yeah i'm, I'm he's gonna be here in grand rapids this summer throwing so i'm gonna hopefully hit up a game and see what he's what he's got i'll nice. report back i'll report back <laughs> good good, good. Yeah, give uh, him a full scouting report <laughs> i will definitely do that <laughs> appreciate that but um <laughs> once again thank you for spending this time with us keep doing you 2023 it's gonna be fun you know we got you we got you it'll be fun to go go forward yeah, and uh absolutely shake the room brother Absolutely. I appreciate your guys' support very much, and I wish you guys the best. I appreciate that, man. Take care. Sounds good. See ya. Welcome back. Thank you for uh, listening to that Duke and Darnell. Like, just dude's awesome. Just always spending time with us. Like, we're nobodies, and he's out here just spending 15, 20 minutes on a, on a Thursday night after spring training. So thanks, Dukes. Hope you all enjoyed that. Um, but let's end this with some fun things. Tyler is out he had a something came up just ridiculous so he's handling that um but mike is here and we are going to talk coors field robbery so this was quite a story um it's glad it came up on my timeline and it is absolutely insane so if you want to read it i it's in the in the rundown in the uh description the pod description but stolen jersey capture Yes, you heard that right. There was a report of theft over at Coors Field in 2020 season, COVID shortened season. Jerseys like Fernando Tatis. Um, who else was robbed? <laughs> um, uh, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Clint Kershaw. Like these names, right? Uh, names of jerseys being stolen, and nobody quite knew because it's COVID, right? So everything's locked down. You only have a certain amount of people coming in and coming out, and all these jerseys come up missing constantly throughout the season. Um, and they ended up catching the dude because he, it, what, put it on eBay or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it showed up on eBay. No, like if you're go Craigslist or something, like get off, get off, don't go official like eBay. Obtained direct from the team on a trip to Colorado was the description on an eBay seller. Um, but those were actually, so they were actually purchased on a website called Mercury, which I've also bought something on before, which is a little sketchy to feel very good about it. But basically this guy clubby or clubhouse guy who ended up, what was his title? Um, worked at for a third party aviation contractor aviation, yeah. provided ground services to charter planes at DIA. So dude, man was the middleman from the plane to the charter, the, the the bus to get to the field. And he found a way to get his hands on these jerseys and sell them across over these last two years. And just absolutely insane. Like you almost got away with it. Like just stay off the internet. Yeah. I was going to say, I wonder how like often this happens. Cause this was kind of swept under the rug and mm -hmm. you know, Tom Brady had his little thing. I feel like this happens really often. And you got to be dumb to go and sell it on eBay. Like he had it in the, he had him. <laughs> he literally had it in the bag. Hang him on a wall. <laughs> right? Hang him on a wall. Do something with him. 
Yeah, and just like have invite people over and like, oh, that's a really cool jersey. Where'd you get that? I don't know. You want it? Like here, like sell it that way. Word of mouth is everything. Garage sale, something. Yeah. Uh, the crazy thing was so like you had all those names, but it was Johnny Cueto's jelly beans. Dude, man stole the Giants starter at the time his jelly beans from the bag and took them and sold them on Mercury slash eBay. Like. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna open up Johnny Cueto's bag. I'm gonna look for the jersey. I'm not gonna find anything, but I'm, I'm gonna take something. And he's got jelly beans. I'm curious. Leave with something though. Right. You can't come out empty handed. Like if you're doing the hard work of stealing something, <laughs> at least steal it. Something, right? Uh, I, I, somebody's got to find out. Maybe this is a. I don't know. I don't know. But what kind of jelly beans does Johnny Cueto eat? gotta know is it is it the mixed bag is it the the black licorice but it's really like the vanilla cake flavor like the trick ones what kind of jelly beans does johnny cueto look like he eats um i'm not really familiar with jelly beans <laughs> but i feel like he just the normal jelly belly you know what i'm talking about the small yeah. packs yeah that's yeah. definitely i can see johnny cueto yeah and he's gas just... station packs yeah yeah that seems like a Johnny Cueto. I'm going to be checking his back pocket all season and see if he just has jelly beans in the back. You know, like Marshawn Lynch? You might be too young for this, but Marshawn yeah, Lynch. The Skittles. The Skittles. Yeah, okay. Skittles. You're not that young. Skittles. <laughs> so maybe that's Johnny Cueto's uh, sugar rush as he's on the mound. Maybe that's what makes him so good. A little shimmy. <laughs> like so the sh- when he does the little There's shimmy. some marketing will be done here. <laughs> like, right. Like, jelly Belly needs to get on this. Take take ownership of this. Uh, I love the ending. Insane. The... um. He calls himself a huge fanboy of the team. The Denver chief chief deputy at the end there. <laughs> he declined the offer to adhere declined to ethic offer, rules. Yeah. I wouldn't have declined that offer. Absolutely. That's insane. <laughs> That's so fun. Uh just a fun story. Again, it's in the in the description. Go ahead and read it. Probably read it better than we'd explained it. Um Everything's fun. It's one of those stories where it feels like, I don't know, you guys know what Mad Libs are? Yeah, yeah. It's like a Mad Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, insert player name here. Insert random object here. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. Uh, Everything's fun. We got spring training fun. We got Dugan Darnell fun. We got Jellybean fun. We're we're here for a good time, everybody. Um, We Let's end it with that. We'll be back next week. We have uh, some more family of the pod coming back. If you've been following us for a few years now, you are familiar with these faces, these voices that will be on. So make sure you are subscribing. Yes, we don't plug ourselves very well, but we're plugging ourselves now. Subscribe. We do are putting these up on YouTube now. You'll see it on the Spotify, pod, Apple Podcasts, all the stuff. Um, we're trying to grow our Instagram, our TikTok with all that stuff too. So make sure you're following us on that. Uh, just follow the link tree in the description. Um, and as always, go rock! and the minor league affiliates watching and listening please check out our link tree for more content